Tracy. I'm April. And this is Killer Spirits. episode whatever the fuck this one is <laughs> i think it's 40 i think i feel like we're just not on our game this week at all <laughs> i think 40 sounds right well we skipped a week we skipped a week i feel like i haven't been here a while how are how are everyone how are everyone <laughs> are everyone? um today is the fourth of july independence day it is and so if you hear any big booms in the background uh yeah. they're out fireworks. of our control <laughs> uh just consider them pirate cannons yes but we are semi well afternoony time not nighty time that doesn't stop the people in my neighborhood. <laughs> they don't they care. set off fireworks all year long. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and sometimes in the middle of the day. Doesn't Honestly, matter. I'm not a huge fan of fireworks, but okay. Our house is well insulated, so I don't really hear them that much. Oh, that's good. But especially with AC on, I can't hear shit. I saw a meme the other day that was like, somebody doesn't even realize that this is their last <laughs> day with 10 fingers. Oh, my God. <laughs> Because they're probably going to lose a finger or yeah, something. So be careful out there, guys. Yeah, don't light anything on fire like a stupid dumbass. Please. <laughs> Please don't. Please. Including your own house or a field or don't don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. Uh, so we do actually have a great drink today that I made. Holy shit, this drink is so good. Boop, beep, boop, beep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I became That's a... That's our drink robot. <laughs> I became a robot. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, and definitely go check out the pictures on Instagram because... We put these babies in school classes, uh, and they look so cool. Um, so we're a little bit more lighthearted today. We're talking about pirates. Yeah, this is this story is not so intense. It's not like a Tracy story, is what you're saying? No, you will not <laughs> want to uh, take a nap after it. No, It'll be fine. It, it's 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 April today, and you know what? It's this might be one of a few pirate stories because I only get through one pirate. Yeah, so this is part and one, and we don't even know how many because plenty of more. We might just throw a pirate story at you because we fucking feel just like willy nilly. Like ah, it feels like a pirate day today. Yeah, and then we can just have <laughs> a nice tropical drink. Yeah. We have like um, approximately six bottles of rum to get through, <laughs> all of different kinds, uh, like different aged rum, dark rum, white rum, coconut rum, <laughs> spiced rum. I mean, we have we run the gamut with the rum. Here. We actually had like 13 bottles of rum and I still went out today and bought more rum. <laughs> like, what am I doing? It's a spiced rum was the only one we didn't have. That's so true. But we now have we have now. that. Um, so we need to do many more pirate stories to get through the bottles of alcohol that we have purchased. Yes. And I know we've talked about rum before mm-hmm. um, in our stories. I think we talked about it in the Great Molasses Flood. Yes. Uh, so, you know. Well, we talked about it in um, Killer Petey. We talked about it in Killer PD. So rum Kachasa is rum. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was, but not out of sugar, out of something else. Now I'm losing my mind and I can't remember what it was. Sugar cane? Yeah, whatever. Just go listen to the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. It's Brazilian. Even I have to go listen to the episode because I forget. I don't even know what we talked about. Okay, so the majority of the world's rum does come from the Caribbean. It did, and it still does. Mainly Jamaica and the surrounding areas. And sugar is a large commodity there and is the ingredient rum is derived from. 
And while some sugar was exported to Europe and America, it was actually quite expensive to transport. However, large quantities of rum distilled from sugar were easier to ship, and the rum trade became an essential part of that area's economy. Mm-hmm. Enter the pirates. And where the pirates come along. And the pirates were like, give me all their rum. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of did happen. So ship sailing, the Caribbean, basically were easy targets for pirates. They would hold the crew hostage for ransom. They would steal any treasure, including the liquor, and any other valuables they could sell off. So they would get all the rum. And then, basically, the pirates would just get drunk as fuck, and other pirates would take over their shit because they were too drunk to fight back. It's totally true. <laughs> so that happened. Um, but, yeah, we have a really great um, drink today. Let me get to my recipe so I can give it um, to all of you. And you're not required to put it in skull glasses if you do make it, but it does enhance the experience. It does, and I think I got these skull glasses for really cheap on some online store that I can't recall the name of right now. Like barsupplies.com? Uh, something very simple like I've that. Used. They were literally like $4 a piece. I'm not kidding yeah. you. So if you're looking for really cute glasses that you just, you know, because I just like to have cute glasses for if no reason. If you don't want to pay $27 for a coupe no. glass, go on barsupplies.com. Yeah, it's a great place. And they have cute little glasses like this and actually this one is really comfortable to hold in your hand because you can put your middle finger in the eye socket (laughs) yeah it does it's perfect yes so you're going to use two ounces okay so this is going to be for one drink that i'm telling you so double it for two two ounces spiced rum two a one ounce coconut rum two ounces pineapple juice i used about a half of an ounce of blue curacao that sounds right. When I did when we did our video for our Patreons, I basically said just measure with your heart. You yeah. Know? Measure until <laughs> it looks blue enough for you. Yeah, because you want to have a nice blue color. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to put also the juice of about if you're making two drinks, I think a half a lime is enough. Mm-hmm. So one drink, just like a fourth of a lime. Squeeze it out. And then put it in an ice shaker. Shake, 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 shake. Then pour it over ice in your glasses. And then you want to top it with some 7-Up, Sprite, whatever lemon lime soda you like. And then use fresh pineapple and some maraschino cherries for garnish. I could drink this every day. Yeah, and then we put cute straws in it. Yeah, they're so cute. Go to our Instagram, at Killer Spirits Pod on Instagram. Yeah, and check out how they look. And the the color is like the ocean. And, you know, I love my ocean-y drinks. And we also put some cocktail glitter in it. That's true, we did. Because, you know, I'm all about the glitter life these days. I mean, it really <laughs> adds something. It does. Yeah, so I'm loving this drink. It's a simple one. I mean, honestly, most people will probably have most of these ingredients. And I don't even think you need spice rum, to be perfectly honest. You could use any rum that you have. Yeah. It would be fine. Like white rum or? Yeah, any rum that you have, try it. Uh, but you definitely need the coconut rum because you can taste that coconut. Yeah, you have to do the coconut and the pineapple. Yeah. All other things are extra. They're extra, yeah. But I'm excited that I get to listen today and yeah. drink whilst you speak. Well, I typed away like a mad person this morning. Did you? Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear it. I don't know much about pirates. I know there are modern-day pirates. Obviously, we've watched Pirates of the Caribbean. I am not talking about modern-day pirates at all today. Okay, cool. I just, I'm not talking about um, computer pirates or... Motorboat pirates. Oh, that's true. I guess there are computer pirates. Too, I'm not huh? talking about any other type of piracy other Except than our committee. That's right. <laughs> Good. Which is actually not how they talked. <laughs> what do you mean? It's just not. <laughs> I know. 
They they created that for characters. I love it though. It's fun. They were mostly just like, you know, British and Scottish, <laughs> Irish. They just yeah. had like regular accents. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of arcing. There's not a whole lot of arcing. And this guy had both of his eyes, no patch. Wow. Both of his legs too? Yeah. As oh, far no as I pig know. leg. Okay. <laughs> no I'm bored already. <laughs> <laughs> and I also heard that the walking the plank thing was made for media also oh wow you're just gonna was, crush uh, on my pirate dreams today it was, is that um, what's happening from peter pan and captain hook makes him walk oh, the plank oh that's true they it did a lot of other a... evil things though i'm sure they did yeah that so was tell me about it april not one of the forms of torture so the book that i'm reading currently still reading is called the ultimate pirate collection oh and it's by charles river editors i don't know if that's a group of people or if that's a person with the last name editors no clue. <laughs> um, so this pirate collection goes over uh, Blackbeard, Sir Francis Drake, which we know because there's Drake's Beach mm-hmm. in California. Um, Captain Kidd, which is the one we're talking about today. Ooh. Captain Morgan. We're not talking um, about today. Also a drink, right? Yes. <laughs> An alcohol. Uh, Grace O'Malley, which is a female pirate. Ooh. Black Bart, Calico Jack, and Bonnie. Mary Red, or Reed, maybe, um, Henry Every, and Howell Davis. Those are all of the pirates that are in this book. Okay. So uh, they are the most, 11 most famous pirates. And so I'm going to talk about one today. And then I probably am not going to talk about all 11, but we'll do some more pirate episodes. Wow. We are, welcome to pirate episode (laughs) number 39. Pirate series. (laughs) Make this like a different playlist or something. No, I'm excited, especially. Um, I would love to hear about the the lady pirate mm-hmm. kicking some booty out there. Yeah, and actually, like I told you today, they mostly dress as men, but they were still. I mean, it's pretty butt. badass that they were still women, but totally, most people thought they were men. Yeah, I mean, you get into fit in, right? Yeah, which reminds me of that. You fit in to get you in. You probably never watched know. this movie. Okay, if I have any ex Jenners out there, raise your hand. <laughs> There was a movie called Just One of the Guys. And I remember watching it like 300,000 times when I was like 12. And it was basically about this girl who really wanted to go. I, I can't remember the exact premise, but I think she wanted to go to a certain school and do something. But she had to be a guy to do it. Oh, like it was an all boys school? No, I don't think it was an all boys school, but there was something that she needed to do. I don't know. Somebody go watch it again and mm. tell me. But anyway, she dressed as a guy, and everyone thought she was a guy. And it's funny because I've seen clips of it now, and I'm like, she's so obviously not a guy. Yeah. But I believed the lie when I was 12. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, a more modern day movie called She's the Man. And she wanted to play. Oh, I never saw that. She wanted to play competitive soccer. Okay. At an all boys school. Not an all-boys school. On the boys' team. Maybe they canceled girl soccer or something. Oh. And so she went to school and pretended to be her brother. Because okay. they were twins. I see. Okay, no, I never saw that. She looked fucking nothing like her brother <laughs> in the movie. And she had this, like, terrible bowl cut. She, it was not good. <laughs> okay. We'll have to go watch that now. Yeah. I love it. It's funny, it. though. Okay, so. Getting into pirates. Yes. Um, Before we get into some of the more interesting pirate legends let's talk about piracy as a whole because i don't know if everybody's on board with the pirate thing so piracy is defined as an act of robbery or criminal violence by ship or boat-borne attackers upon another ship or coastal area 
typically with the goal of stealing cargo and other valuable goods. So stealing shit. Um, those who conduct acts of piracy are called pirates, and the dedicated ships that the pirates use are called pirate ships, obviously. Uh, the earliest documented instances of piracy were in the 14th century B.C., which is like wow. way long ago, before, way before what we're talking about. Um, when the Sea Peoples, a group of ocean raiders, attacked the ships of the Aegean and Mediterranean civilizations. Aegean? It's Aegean. Aegean, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so ocean raiders, that's a really cool term. Right? I want to be... I'm Maybe we should call raider. this drink the Ocean Raider. <gasps> oh my God, you're so smart. Okay, because okay, we hadn't decided this drink name yet. Let's write it FYI, down. it's called the Ocean Raider. See how good we are when we just don't know what we're doing. I mean, we're just floundering about. Ideas really come to us. Also, you said a really good pun about people being on board with the piracy. I have a couple puns in here. But um, bum. Yeah, try to <laughs> just try to catch them. Okay. Um, actually, everyone just take just take a shot every time you hear one. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, uh, what did you say last week or the last episode that she was just crushed? I have no idea. Those people that got their heads beaten in. You oh, said she was just crushed, crushed about I was like, it. No, oh yeah, no, no. That, <laughs> that was not a planned <laughs> faux pas there, though. Oh, that was no. that was a no. That's a no from me. Um. So narrow, ch- narrow, narrow, skinny channels. Uh, oh, narrow. Which <laughs> they're skinny. Narrow. Okay. Narrow. Narrow. <laughs> I've had too much of this drink already. <laughs> uh, which funnel shipping into predictable routes have long created opportunities for privacy. Pri- piracy. <laughs> piracy. <laughs> Not privacy. Got the it. opposite of privacy. Got it. You get your shit stolen. Because it's like they don't have much room to maneuver. Get out of the way. Right. You're just kind of stuck. That's true. I mean, how are you going to escape? Yes. Um, but it also left ships open for privateering and commerce raiding. So commerce raiding is a style of naval warfare that upsets the logistics of a merchant ship instead of actually engaging in combat with the naval, with the rival naval military ships. Okay. So you're like basically fucking with a country's goods being delivered instead of their actual military. Oh, I see. So you're just combating them on a different front. Wow. Um, Privateering is when a private person or ship engages in maritime warfare under the commission of war. So there is a war happening. Privateering is a private party who gets involved. Oh. Um, A sovereign or dedicated authority issues commissions, also called the letter of mark, um, which is like written permission. Um, And it allows the holder of the commission to carry on all forms of hostility permissible at sea by the usages of war. So this included attacking foreign vessels and taking them completely as prizes. Like, this is our, v- our ship now. Right. And everything on it. Um, and taking crews from those ships and uh, as prisoners for exchange. Okay. Sounds like war. Yeah. Um, captured ships were subject to condemnation and sale under prize law with the proceeds divided by a percentage between the privateer sponsors Ship owners, captains, and crew. So they were definitely earning money. So this is happening like hundreds of years ago? Yes. Wow. Yeah. A percentage um, share usually went to the issuer of the commission also, which is the sovereign who issued the paperwork that says you're allowed to go after these ships. Okay. 
So, um, you know, I don't know about you, but that sounds a little sketchy to me. It's like sanction stealing, it sounds like. It is, yes. And that is something that is very complicated in this story. Yeah. And it walks a very fine line. Right. Um, it ends up not working out well for the guy involved. <laughs> um, I mean, he definitely wasn't a good guy, but he also kind of got fucked. Oh. Which sucks. Um. Privateering allowed sovereigns to raise revenue for war by contracting privately owned armed ships and sailors to supplement state power. So they didn't have enough ships in their Navy to combat whatever they needed to combat. Um, For people participating, privateering made a lot more money than they could have made just being a merchant ship or like a fishing ship. Oh, yeah. Like way more money. Um, It's kind of like being a low-key hitman. Yes. For the government. Yes, for the government. Mm-hmm. So uh, the huge incentive of money increased the risk of privateers turning to piracy when the, world, when the war ended. So after mm. the war was over, your commission was no longer valid. Ooh. You couldn't, like your paperwork was void. Like you can't keep doing this is what Correct. you're saying. Yeah. Um, but they were good at it. And they like, <laughs> this has been my job. They like, didn't want to give it up. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of how pirates were born. I see. So, I mean, there was, there was piracy going on before that, and there was piracy after that, but this was kind of like the golden age of piracy. It w- and I'll talk became about that affected later. Yeah. It became like a more normalized, like, right sort of thing. Um. And also, since they were involved in state-sponsored piracy, their moral code didn't exactly recognize a problem with, air quotes, starting their own business. No. She's like, I'll just continue. Correct. Um, So the commission issued usually protected privateers from accusations of piracy. So everyone knew, like, no, they're working for, they're under the crown. They're working for us. Mm -hmm. Um, Protected. But in practice, the historical legality and status of privateers could be kind of sketchy. Um, Depending on the specific sovereign and the time period, commissions might be issued hastily. Privateers might take actions beyond what was authorized in the commission, including after its expiration. Yeah. Um, They ain't stopping. No. And they were also like... So in this, we'll talk about um, the nine-year war nine years war mm-hmm. uh, between France and England. Right. Um, and they were only to go after French ships. Like that was part of the commission is you can't do anything else unless it's a French ship. I see. The problem is, is that people would fi- fly false flags and s- sort of represent out on the water. Like we are a different place than we're not France. Right. Don't bother us. We're not France. Um, but they were. Sometimes they probably were. Yeah. Yeah. And which kind of gets this guy into a debacle. Oh, a debacle. Yeah. So I'm going to go over the pirate code. They do have their own code. All right. I can't wait. This is recorded by Captain Charles Johnson, who's an author, regarding the articles of Bartholomew Roberts, who was a very successful pirate who took over 400 prizes in his career. Um, he is Black Bart. Okay, yeah. I've heard that name. So I'm not coming back to him this episode, but I probably will in the future. So number one, every man shall have an equal vote in affairs of moment. He shall have an equal title to the fresh provisions or strong liquors at any time seized and shall use them at pleasure 
unless a scarcity may make it necessary for the common good that entrenchment may be voted. So you can get as drunk as you want until we run out of booze, and then we'll steal from ownership. <laughs> and it basically is saying you have to share equally? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Everyone will enjoy to their pleasure. Right. No one is above or lower than anyone else. Okay. Although they do have rankings on the ship. Mm-hmm. I'll get into it. It's much more democratic than how regular society was run on land oh. in the, during these times. With more a class free. system. Yeah. Okay. Um, number two, every man shall be called fairly in turn by the list on board of prizes because over and above their proper share, they are allowed a shift of clothes. But if they defraud the company to the value of even $1 in plate, jewels, or money, thou sh- they shall be marooned. <gasps> Which I think means throw overboard. Yeah, that or like means you leave like on an left island. Left on an island somewhere. Yeah. Like, don't even think about stealing anything. You'll get your fair share, but if you steal something, you out. Yes, they yeah. had to be trustworthy. Yeah. So, uh, which is so weird to think of pirates. Like every, it's ma- a code, man. I would think like every man for himself, but no, no. Uh, if any man rob another, he shall have his nose and ears slit and be put ashore, where he shall be sure to encounter hardships. So basically, they're going to leave you to die. That sounds horrific. Um, number three, none shall game for money either with dice or cards. No gambling. Number four, the lights and candles should be put out at eight at night. And if any of the crew desire to drink after that hour, then they shall sh- sit upon the open deck without lights. <laughs> that's early. I that's think it's like, funny. That's like four-year-old night-night time. But it's like you can <laughs> stay up and drink just in the dark. Yeah, yeah. We're not giving you light. No. Well, also... It was probably for safety, too. Also, creating light also takes up resources. That's true. Because you have to light candles, and you how many candles do you have? So it's like, we're done. I just like that it's lights out by eight. <laughs> Unless you want to keep drinking, then just keep going. Yeah, go ahead. Um, number five, each man shall keep his piece, cutlass, and pistols. So a cutlass is the big sword. Oh, yeah. And his piece is his gun. Okay. And, oh, and pistols. Uh, at all times, clean and ready for action. Oh, yeah. Number six, no boy or woman should be allowed amongst them. So nobody underage and no girls. Uh, If any man shall be found seducing any of the latter sex, the women, and carrying her to sea in disguise, he shall suffer death. Wow, that's that's intense. It's intense. So So apparently I'm thinking that. Don't think you're going to be bringing your sister up here. Well, or somebody's trying to bring a little lady friend and have her dressed as a man. They're like, no. It causes too many problems, apparently. I thought there was definitely a period of time where dress, like dressing as the opposite sex was actually illegal. Oh. I feel like that is a thing. I could be totally wrong because, you know, I actually don't know what I'm talking about most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> um, but I love it. I feel like that was a thing, you know? Like Joan of Arc, didn't she dress as a man? That was like an ille- partly illegal. I mean, she re- misrepresented who she was. Yeah, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I need to goog that. that. I'm going to goog it. <laughs> uh, number seven. He that shall desert the ship or his quarters in time of battle shall be punished by death or marooning. Oh, yeah, you can't you can't desert us, man. Uh, number eight. None shall strike another on board the ship, but every man's quarrel shall be ended on shore by sword or pistol in this manner. So no, don't, no don't fight on the ship until we get to shore, and then you can shoot each other. It's like a free-for-all on shore. Yeah. <laughs> At the word of command from the quartermaster, which is like 
one under the captain mm-hmm. or two under the captain, whatever. Each man being previously placed back to back shall turn and fire immediately. If any man do not, the quartermaster shall knock the piece out of his hand. If both miss, their aim shall take to their cutlasses, which is their swords, and he that draw the first blood shall be declared the victor. Oh, wow. So they're like literally setting, dis- <laughs> setting like disputes <laughs> by shooting at each other. And if you miss, you have to draw your sword and cut the other person. So don't miss. That's how you're settling <laughs> debates. Number nine, no man shall talk of breaking up their way of living till each has a share of 1,000. Every man who shall become a cripple or lose a limb in the service shall have 800 pieces of eight, which is pieces of eight. That sounds so familiar. I've heard that. I read it. It's a Spanish dollar, like a Spanish gold coin or something. I've got pieces of eight. But a piece of eight is only one of a Okay, yeah, but I feel like. That was either in the like Pirates silver. of the Caribbean or something. Yeah. So uh, every man who shall become a cripple or lose a limb in the service shall have 800 pieces of eight from the common stock and for lesser hurts proportionately. So if you didn't lose a leg, wow. you're not going to get a full 800. You have to be like really crippled. Um, the man and the quartermaster, or sorry, the captain and the quartermaster shall each receive two shares of a prize. So... Everybody gets one share. They get two shares because of the captain and the guy under the captain. Oh, I see. Because they're like the big man yes. on campus. The master gunner and the boatswain get one and a half shares. Mm. And all other officers, one and one and a quarter. And private gentlemen of fortune, one share each. I don't know what a private gentleman of fortune is. I wish I was a private gentleman Maybe of fortune. Maybe they already had <laughs> money. I don't know. And 11, last rule, the musicians... Didn't know they had musicians on board. Oh, you always, everything's set to music. I know. Everything. I would never even think of that. Oh, yeah. Um, shall have rest on the Sabbath day, only by right, on all other days by favor only. So if we tell you to get up and play and it ain't the Sabbath, you better get up and play. Yeah, because I need this all set to music every time, yes. every moment. We need all the battles. That's amazing. Set to music. It's like basically their traveling, like, music list. Like their iPod. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean they have bands in the military. Yeah, absolutely. Not at war. No, it's a th- music is a, is huge. So that was his last rule. Okay, eleven rules. Yes. Um. So the most interesting thing about pirates to me is that they operated democratically for the most part. They had an egalitarian mindset, which was very different compared to regular European society at the time. Most societies in Europe were under either a monarchy or some other form of traditional non-democratic government system. And they were held to a heavily oppressive class system. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Many pirate ships with crews from Europe operated as limited democracies. And communities of pirates were some of the first to instate a system of checks and balances similar to the ones used today in the U.S. and other countries. Which is so weird. That is weird. So, and as these sort of times line up, in the story we'll get to like the 1760s. So, like, right before independence of the U.S. Mm -hmm. from England. Yeah. And um, there was so much, like, pirate shit going on. That totally makes sense to me. Like, there had to have been pirates in government. That's, like, where my mind goes. Yes. In America, there had, like, because that was their thing. 
Yeah. Not that they invented it, probably. I mean, I'm sure somebody else thought of it before they did. But they, like, had really practiced it. And once huge, they had huge crews of, like, you know, 150 men. Mm -hmm. Once they all get back home, they're like, well, fuck. I want to go back on the ship. Right. This place sucks. Exactly. We have to do everything the king wants us to do. Mm -hmm. He's not even here. Like, I want to live like we live on the ship. Right. I feel like is what happened. That's just my head. Yeah, I like it. I don't know if those two things are actually connected or not. I like where your head's going. Um, and Redeker, which are historians, I guess, describe the 18th century pirate ship as democratic in an undemocratic age, as well as egalitarian in a hierarchical age, which basically just sums up what I said, a fancier, uh, <laughs> as pirates divided their plunder equally, leveling all the elaborate structure of pay ranks, common to all other maritime employments. Okay. Uh, pirates during this time period, in quotes, distributed justice, elected officers, divided loot equally, and established a different discipline. They limited the authority of the captain, resisted many of the practices of the capitalist merchant ships industry, and maintained a multicultural, multi, oh my gosh, this word, multicultural, multiracial, and multinational social order. Wow, they really They're were democratic. Pretty sophisticated. They were like way ahead of their time right? out there. So also, pirate crews did not take kindly to the abuse of sailors or crew. The distribution of justice was a practice commonly adopted by pirates. Uh, since ships operated as limited democracies, they imposed their ideas of justice upon the crew of the ship that they captured. After capture, the crew would be questioned as to whether they had suffered cruel or unjust treatment from the commander of the ship. So we've taken your ship... They're interviewing the people. Is your captain an asshole? Does he mistreat you guys? Um, and any commanders, in quotes, against whom complaint was made would be punished or even executed. So they're not just like seizing a ship and killing everyone on board randomly. No, not that's not what they're doing. Oh, OK. Um, the punishment was not given indiscriminately to all ship commanders. Um, and in quotes, honest fellow that never abused any sailors would be rewarded and sometimes freed. Wow. So if they decided he was a good good guy, they'd still steal all of his shit. But it but pays they wouldn't to be murder a good him. guy. Wow. It pays to treat your crew well. So they capture the crew and they actually interview them asking about their own captain. That's mm -hmm. very interesting. And if people made complaints, they're like off of his head. Wow. So I mean, like, that's... I mean, it's vigilante justice. Yeah. But they definitely stood for something. That's true. They did. Yeah. Um, so in punishment for pirates, uh, during the 17th and 18th centuries, once pirates were captured, they were hanged. Obviously. Okay. Uh, which we know was a form of entertainment back then. People oh, loved a good public hanging. What else are we going to do? Yeah. Uh, huge crowds gathered at Execution Dock. On the River Thames in London. Mm -hmm. Did I say that right? Thames? You did. Cool. Uh, to watch freshly caught crews and captains hang. Wow. So they actually called it Execution Dock. I feel sad They now did that a I lot of them. Didn't like visit wherever this is. <laughs> right? I probably walked by it and didn't even realize. Probably. That's yeah, amazing. I think after a while they stopped doing it because people get way too rowdy. And they're like, oh, this is kind of fucked up. I think after a while they started to realize it. Yeah. Um. Which is why we don't hang people in public now. We don't really hang people. I think there are places to hang people. In America? Yeah, I think so. 
I didn't. Or we just only do lethal injection? I think, yeah, we don't do that. I think it was considered cruel and unusual. Mm. I think it's just lethal. We don't even do the chair anymore. We just do the shots. Yeah. Mm. They're so archaic. <laughs> well, other countries definitely are still hanging people. Positively primeval. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so, but having the crew and the captains hung um, as a punishment was not enough for some people, apparently, because the more famous captures, usually captains, were measured for a gibbet cage before their death. So once they were hanged to their death, they could be secured in the gibbet cage and left to swing in the air until the rotted flesh fell from their bones, which sometimes took as long as two years. Gibbet. The gibbet cage. We have talked about this gibbet cage before in previous episodes. It is disgusting and horrific. I posted a picture of a gibbet cage. Why the motherfuck would you want to walk through a town square and have a dead body hanging over your head that's literally rotting fr- flesh onto your like shoes? But it was used an ex- as an example. Ugh. Like, don't do Don't be this. a fucking pirate. Don't do anything. Unless you're being a pirate for us, then be a pirate. But don't, you better stop what we say. Yeah. But also get really good at it. Yeah. And you better do good or else we're going to kill you <laughs> if you don't do good. The whole thing's fucked. It's totally fucked. Um, not a good standard of practice. No. Yeah. So now that we have some ground rules for pirateering around this time period, let's get into a story about a specific famous pirate. To be clear, there were pirates long before and long after this time period and in many other locations, but the one I'm focusing on today is from what's considered the golden age of piracy. So think the Pirates of the Caribbean. Got it. So we're going to talk about Captain William Kidd. Kidd was born in 1654 in Dundee, Scotland. His father, John, was a sea captain who died when William was young. He died out at sea. And it said that William was, air quotes, uh, born to the sea. And he started his career as a seaman's apprentice. So it was in his blood. It was in his blood. By the 1680s, Kidd joined a privateer crew made up of English and French men. They sailed to the Caribbean to search for wealthy Spanish ships carrying gold and other treasure back to Europe from the Americas. While on this trip, the crew commandeered a French ship and sailed it to Nevis, an English colonial island in the West Indies. Because, you know, they had all those islands that different people owned. Um, when they got there, the governor of the island christened the ship Blessed William. After King William III, not William Kidd. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> but Kidd was made captain of the ship, and the ship's assignment was to protect Nevis from the French. Although that was their assignment, they were given no pay. What? So this implied that Kidd would be paid for his and his crew's services by taking money from the French ships who tried to take Nevis. Otherwise, how are you going to make a living? You're not. And they're like, no, we're not going to pay you. We just want you to do this. Like, though. go find you. Yeah. It was kind of like they turned a blind eye. Unimplied. Yeah. yeah. Um, so or implied. Unimplied. Is that even a freaking word? <laughs> That's nothing. Unimplied? <laughs> I did nothing. <laughs> I have created something new. Oh, my gosh. It's unimplied. (laughs) (laughs) So that can lead us to assume that Kid was given permission to raid enemy ships, essentially. So when his mission began, the English and French were fighting the Nine Years' War, like we talked about. So technically, Kid was a privateer at the time, not a pirate. On their first trip out, the crew of the Blessed William attacked Margalente? 
Margolin. That's what I think. <laughs> I don't know why. You're Margolin? looking at me like I would know. Margolin. I don't know. It was a ship. Yes. Okay. Uh. No. It was an island. Oh. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, what are they attacking? Okay. A French island near Nevis. So okay. it's just another colony island in the West Indies, but it's owned by the French. Okay. Um, they destroyed, so Kid and the Blessed William and the crew, destroyed the island's community and stole everything they could carry with them on their ship. That's terrible. That included about 2,000 pounds of silver. Wow. Which is worth about $300,000 today. What? That's a lot. And everyone on the ship received their share worth about 2,000 pounds. Mm. Pounds is in English money, not weight. Uh, made them all independently wealthy. That Yeah, that's a huge amount of money. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, the rules say you can't steal from other guys on the ship, so everybody went home with their money. Well, that's good. I mean, that's a good rule, but it kind of sucks how they did that. Like, what did the island ever do to them? They were French. That's all. <laughs> that's true. They were that's in a nine-year's war. You're French. You're Get French. out of here. Okay. You're taking your stuff. <laughs> So from there, the Blessed William sailed to Massachusetts, where Kidd captured a French privateer and turned him in for ransom money. Not bad. Um, because of these French defeats, Kidd was given a bonus from the British government. They're like, hey, dude, we like you. Oh, so they actually did give him something. They did. They gave him a bonus on top of what he had already. And they turned a blind eye to that. Amassed. Okay. Well, they encouraged it. So once Kidd proved his ship and crew were successful... The orders from the British government got a bit more involved. Kidd was given orders to engage French warships, which is a lot different than just taking on merchant ships, holding people for ransom, and going to an island and stealing silver. You're taking on warships. Like people who are armed. Yes. This is not just a little island of poor people who were not ready to fight back. And weren't even French, probably. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like just because right, it was a was French colony doesn't mean they were it, probably just a village. But either community. way, they're not like yeah. They didn't do anything. They no. probably don't even speak French. Anyway, uh, when he explained the new orders from the crown to his crew, uh, they refused. Oh, so he confronted his crew and told them that they must obey the orders of the crown. So what we talked about before, mm. they didn't give a fuck about the orders from the crown. They're like, we a sea, bro. We're at sea. We make our own rules mm-hmm. out here. That's the reason why we're here. Exactly. Is because we don't like it there. Right. Um, they again refused. And then they argued about it. A bunch of the crew went to shore to think it over. Think it over. Or fight. Or fight or whatever it is they <laughs> were doing. they can't do it on the ship. And before Captain Kidd had a chance to restore order, the Blessed William was captured by Captain Culliford. Oh. So remember you said people, they got too drunk and yes. people would take their ships. Yeah. Well, these guys just got in a big argument. Oh, so they weren't paying attention. Their guard was down. They're actually they were all on the island. They were anchored offshore. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they left. The Blessed William anchored off the coast of Antigua in the Western Indies, and there was pretty much nobody on it. So Culliford just boarded the ship and sailed away. It's like, fucking thanks, guys. embarrassing. Bye. Super embarrassing. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> That's very bad. So then Captain Kidd had to put a new ship. Uh, sorry, he had to buy a new ship. He called it Antigua to get back to New England. How do you, Well, I guess he was independently wealthy at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah. So he basically bought a new ship with the 
French colonies money. Right. Got yeah. It. In theory, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he never found the Blessed William. He was never able to track down his original boat. Wow. Um, after this defeat, Kidd took to shore for several years. He was like, okay, maybe this is not my thing. Mm. I'm going to go back to New York, settle down, get off the boat. It's like, my crew had just done what I told him to do. This wouldn't have happened. We're all fighting. Now you've all lost a job, Well, buddies. but he made a mistake saying that, like, you have to take these orders from the king. And they're like, no, we don't. Yeah. We don't want to take orders from the king. That's right. Just because you're the captain doesn't mean we can't say no. Right. Because it's just like having any democracy. You don't have ultimate power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His power is limited for a reason. Yeah. So he went back to New York. He ended up being a very successful businessman and was well-respected in New York City. I have no fucking clue what he did there. I just totally to become a well-respected a businessman. <laughs> oh, he probably was. in a three-piece suit. <laughs> well, that was like back when there was like wigs in government and stuff. So he was probably wearing like, he looked like fucking Benjamin Franklin <laughs> or something. He looked like George Washington with like a puffy shirt and like a I was just imagining tri-corner like hat. Modern day Wall Street. <laughs> That's not it, dude. I was going to say with his pig leg. Oh he didn't even have a pig leg. <laughs> or a patch. Oh, my God. What about a parrot? So he didn't even have a parrot. It. No parrot. There's no birds mentioned. Damn. Um, so he was married to a woman named Sarah. He got married to her. Okay. Uh, she was a young widow. Okay. Her husband, who was middle-aged, died suddenly just a few days before Kid and Sarah were married. Oh, that's interesting. The suspicion around her husband's death led to allegations, but nothing could be proven. Okay. So no one really knows. So basically, William probably saw someone he liked and was like, and Oh, you're married? We'll have to handle that. We'll just and he was older than her, like way older than her, and she was young. William was way older than her? No. Oh, her, her husband. husband. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean. Who knows? Gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> Um, so while Kid was becoming more successful and well-connected, he became friendly with Colonel Benjamin Felcher. Felcher was acquainted with pirates like Thomas II and Henry Every, uh, which are two famous pirates. Um, he thought that uh, by allowing the pirates safety in New York City, it would help bolster the economy um, and beat out other cities like Philadelphia. So he's like, look, New York City is numero uno. These guys have all this money that they need to offload we have docks here. We can just make right. sure that they can do it safely and make money off their goods that they stole. Right. You know, under the radar, and it'll bring way more money into our city, and we'll do better than other places. Um, but this didn't last very long. Oh. Because toward the end of the 17th century, King William III was having none of it. Um, he considered piracy a serious crime, even though he is sponsoring piracy. It sounds a lot like modern day shit, too. Yeah, Yeah, what is it? (laughs) Rules for thee and not for me? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the king replaced Felcher with Richard Coote, which makes me laugh because it's like the old Coote. (laughs) I was thinking Coote. I don't know why. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not Richard Cooter. Just Richard Coote. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, He'd be Dick Cooter. Okay, I'm not drinking. Why did I think of that? Oh my god! We're not allowed to have this drink ever again. (laughs) Of all the freaking puns in this story, I didn't catch that one. Okay. 
Dick Cooter. Dick Cooter. The Earl of Bellamont. Oh, he's an Earl. Yeah. That's probably what, that's exactly how people at parties said it. (laughs) He's an Earl. He's an Earl of Bellamont. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Where is Bellamont? Is that in England? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's some fancy ass. He's some fancy Um, ass. So, but when Richard Coote took over, he was looking for someone to help him get a handle on all these damn pirates around here. All these pirates pulling into the dock. The king's pissed. I need help getting rid of these fuckers. So, enter William Kidd. Oh. Already friends with Felcher. So, Coot was introduced to him. He's like, you know what? I'm a businessman. Yes. <laughs> let me let me help you out. Well, and at this point, Kidd was trusty and well-beloved. Well, and also he's kind of straddled both sides of the fence at this point. Exactly. So he kind of knows both worlds, yes. and he knows how pirates think. Yes, because he is one. Yeah, exactly. Um, Just not technically under the law. Right. So Kid was commissioned to hunt down the pirates. They were like, you're a guy. You're going to be able to get these guys. Okay. Um, he also had permission to capture French ships because that Nine Years' War was not over. Oh, geez. So he's like, pirates and the French. Fuck them all. <laughs> so Kid would go out and... You know, legally steal wealth from ships across the Indian Ocean to look for the while looking for the notorious pirates. And he he and he did all this like out of New York. Yes. Okay. He's operating out of New York, and I think he returns to Boston. Okay. Um. So to get this mission started, Coot garnered uh private investors, which seems sketchy. Private investors are always sketchy. <laughs> I mean, especially when they're private investors for, like, governmental things. Yes. That is always a little worrisome. It was not something that was really discussed. Yeah. Um. So, but, of course, they agreed to receive back a percentage of whatever kid happened to come across at sea. Okay. They were promised a kickback. Oh, yeah. Of course. So, the arrangement was unethical at best. Mm-hmm. Um, because of that, the, re- the investors remained confidential. But uh, one of the investors was the king. I was going to say, it's kind of like, oh, you know, all these bad things happening, and one of our investors is, you know, like the Russians or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, well, that's counterintuitive. Yeah. <laughs> so the king signed on for 10%. He, of course. That does not surprise me at yeah. all. So he was a private and government investor. Yeah. Unethical at best. Yes. So... Uh, but also because, you know, we're into making deals and he's a pirate already. Like he's not going to leave his ass hanging out. Right. At least. So we thought, um, they're, they made a deal behind the deal. So there's more paperwork behind the paperwork with two of the investors, um, to get an extra percentage so that kid could get more money up front. Okay. Before the mission. Shady, shady. Yes. So kid was really excited to get back to his pirating ways, because, you know, it's going to be pretty fun. Um, and thrilling, I bet. He's like, let me trade in my three-piece suit. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Well-respected my ass. <laughs> Let's get on the freaking water. Yeah. Let's fuck yeah. some shit up. What wow, happened to Sarah? Well, I don't know. He left her. Oh, okay. Killed I mean, her husband and then left her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he went to sea. Okay. That's like a thing people said, right? Yeah. That, oh, yeah, my husband, he went to sea. I don't know. I mean, that's why they had widow's walks on the top of, of houses, because technically that was like 
the thought that women would be up there watching for their beloved coming back from sea. Oh. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, a lot of the New England houses have widow's walks on the top. That makes sense. Yeah, they're, and they're cool. Hmm. I want a widow's walk. Your husband's alive. looking out into the fields. He's alive. <laughs> what fields is he in? When he goes to work, I'll just go <laughs> to the roof and look. Just I see your building, sweetie. Up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm up on my widow's walk. <laughs> He's like, you already tracked my phone. Why do you need to look at my building? <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly where I am. Okay. Um, so because he was so excited, he went to England and bought a new ship. It was oh. called the Adventure Galley. Wow. It had 30 cannons, which is a fuckload of cannons, and it could hold 150 crew members. And he enlisted a new crew, um, which were, I don't know if they were highly trained, but they were like, it was a good crew. Well, that last crew was not the business. Well, yeah. They were like, we're not doing what you say. We're not doing shit say and they got the ship stolen who knows what happened to those guys well this crew is also kind of rowdy because um because they are truly pirates they pissed off the british royal navy like straight away (laughs) so while traveling down the river thames so they're pirates hunting pirates yes you have to be one to get be one to know one yeah takes one to know one yeah um so while they're traveling down the river thames to start his mission like they have not even left england yet (laughs) Um, he was supposed to acknowledge the Royal Navy by firing a salute to a Navy yacht that they passed. Oh. That seems kind of rude to me, to fire a fucking thing that just says a hello. Like, could you just not? But that was the thing to do. That was the thing. It's the custom to show respect. You need to be acknowledged. Well, kid didn't do that. Oh. And I guess it was basically giving them the middle finger. It was an affront. By just sailing by, no booms. <laughs> Not a boom for you. Not a boom for you. So in response, the Navy fired a shot to be like, hello, assholes. (laughs) You didn't see us when you drove by? Um, Excuse me. You You better fucking fire a shot at me, okay? (laughs) Um, And Kid's crew responded by lowering their trousers, turning around with their white booties, and (laughs) smacking them at the Navy. (laughs) Which is not good. That's not good. To the British Royal Navy. Oh, man. I wish I could have seen that, that. though. (laughs) So they were super pissed. And uh, the Navy boarded kids' ship at gunpoint. They were really mad. And demanded that the majority of the crew get off the ship and enlist in the British Navy as punishment to kid. Oh, my God. Basically, you didn't boom for us, and now we're doing this. So now we're pirates to you pirates. This is ridiculous. Because you didn't boom us. The Which is so stupid. So much wasted energy here. All of it. All of it. So um, he lost a lot of his best sailors to this so they moment. So <laughs> Well, yeah, that might be the last moon, like, the moon that they do. You work on our ship now. So, but shorthanded or not, kid had to sail on. He had deadlines to meet. He had investors to please. He was on a one-year timeline. Thanks a lot, guys. So, he sailed back to New York, arriving in July 19, sorry, not even close, 1696. (laughs) Wow. 1696. uh, But he captured one French ship along the way. Okay. So, he's doing okay. His deadline was to return back to Boston with the plunder Mm. by March 1697. 
And it's 1696. Yes. Okay. July 1696. Okay, so he's He's got less than a year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Which he knew at the time was a totally unreasonable time frame. Yeah, that doesn't seem reasonable. He had to sail to the from the East Coast, United States, to the Indian Ocean and back. That in and of itself is months. Way not going to work. Yeah. So he's like, whatever, I'll just blow the time frame and get the shit done anyway. So... (laughs) I just feel like that was his exact thought. Whatever, I'll just blow the time I'll frame. I'll just blow the, the fucking time frame. Anyway. Uh, we just have to go. I can't explain to these fuckers that how long it takes. I've to already lost my crew. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, whatever. We'll make it work. So um, either way, he moved ahead and recruited more crew members from New York to replace the ones taken by the Royal Navy. Um, most of the men he recruited were either former pirates or criminals. Well, yeah. But beggars can't be choosers. Right? No. I mean, criminals... Ex-criminals need jobs, too. That's, yeah. You know. I don't know if I'd put them in another criminal job, but, <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's sanctioned criminality. Right. I don't know if that's the word It's either. under the crown. It's under the crown. So, <laughs> Kid and the new band of misfits uh, set south towards the Cape of Good Hope. On the way there, on the island of Comoros, they're not sure if he was anchored outside of Comoros and let the crew off on the island, and they got sick. Uh-oh. Because they got sick. Or if they got sick on the boat, and then he had to anchor at the island so oh. that they could get on the island to get better. Um, they He lost almost half his men to a cholera outbreak. Oh, no. I feel like that cholera. probably... I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it seems like it would make sense if it happened on the ship. Yes. Because everyone's in such close quarters. Yeah, so I think he had to pull over at the island. But yeah, I mean, that that's awful. To let people off that fucking had cholera. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> that's not, this is not where his misfortune ends. So oh. even though his ship was fairly new when he bought it, it started springing leaks. Oh, no. So his boat's leaking. The British Navy fucked him over. His cholera outbreak, it's fucked up. Um, so, but the crew that he had left was able to fix the leaks. Okay. But it was just another time setback. Right. So, plus, he hadn't found any fucking pirates. So, like, you're, that's what you're out there to do. He found one French ship that was probably there. Literally doing nothing except minding their own business. Exactly. Just being a merchant ship. Yeah. Just carrying apples or whatever it is they did. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't doing what he was out there for in the first place. Also, and then he has to call the people and be like, I'm not going to be back by March. Call? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Send a carrier pigeon. I don't even know York what City. they did. They didn't do anything. They just didn't show up. No. <laughs> there was probably like post boats, maybe. Maybe. That would know. come offshore or whatever. But Oh, yeah. Um, by the beginning of 1697, he had pissed off the Royal Navy again. Um, he had still not captured any ships. And he was supposed to be back in Boston in a matter of months. Oh, dear. And because they hadn't captured a ship, his crew still hadn't been paid. So half of us died of cholera. You've done all this bullshit. It's been almost a year and you haven't paid us anything. Um, Things started to get tense and his crew wanted to commandeer any ship they came across because any of them could be flying false flags. Yeah, French or not. To avoid confrontation. We want supplies. They're like, we want to go on board every ship. Yeah. We want to take them all. Right. And Kid is like, yeah, no. no. You guys don't understand. There's, like, paperwork. There's investors <laughs> He is a money. true businessman. <laughs> like, 
this is it's government business. I can, we can't just go take anybody's fucking ship. Right. Or at least go on their ship and be like, are you French? <laughs> <laughs> like are you French? <laughs> it's just not going to work, you know? No. And yeah, I mean, that's, he, he had a band of misfits. Yeah. A band of misfits. Yeah. So, uh, that didn't happen. And the tension continued to get thicker and thicker in October. Oct- we're in October of night. Eight, uh, little, 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 1697. Okay, so he already missed his deadline. Oh, way blew past it. Okay. October. He was supposed to be back in March. Ooh. Um, kid completely lost his shit on the boat and murdered a crew member who insulted him <gasps> about oh, no. a subject. So he was one of the guys who brought up, hey, we should commandeer any ship. And he said you know, blah, blah, blah. We're not doing that. And called him a lousy dog. Oh. Called the crew member a lousy dog. And then the lousy dog said, um, well, if I am, something to the effect of, well, if I am a lousy dog, it's only because you put us here in this situation and you made me this way. It's your fault that I'm a lousy dog when we've been out here for over a fucking year and have nothing to show for it. I mean, he's not wrong. So then he got really mad. Oh, no. And he picked up a bucket and knocked him on the side of the head with it and killed him. Right above his ear, he had a big bruise. Wow. Blunt force trauma. Killed him. So. <laughs> Tensions. That's not good. No. Um, there were other rumors of the crew being punished by having them hung by their arms from ropes while being threatened with a sword kid did that i guess one of the punishments it's a rumor punishment. okay um but murder was too much like you could discipline your crew and you were kind of free well, to yeah do but that's that. gone you've gone rogue now dude like completely rogue but murder is not it no you can be marooned no, yeah not murdered right um he was also rumored to have let his crew torture the crew of a captured ship which was also a no-no yeah um, kid says that he didn't know about it until afterwards and he was furious. I mean, it's he hearsay. Like, yeah, who, knows? who really knows? Um, he said that he returned most of the plunder back to the ship after he found out that they had been tortured by his crew. Wow. Um, the Royal Navy, it, it didn't really matter whether what was true or what wasn't true. The Royal Navy believed all of the rumors mm-hmm. and remembered all of the insults course the butt smacks <laughs> and when he pissed them off the second time they come on a ship and asked for something and he said like fuck off oh like they come on a ship and said we want blah 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 and he was like get off my ship yeah oh no you know what it was he needed something on his ship fixed i don't know if it was a sail or something fixed so they went to the royal navy ship and said hey can you fix this for us like, we're all on the same team, right? Right. And the Royal Navy was like, fuck off. We're not helping you. <laughs> okay. And he's like, well, it's under the order of the crown that you help us or whatever. And they were like, you're lucky that I don't sink your fucking ship. Like, get out of here. So they so were. They, I feel like the Navy saw them as it. all as criminals yes. and had no regard for them at all. No respect at all. Yeah. Um. So the Royal Navy believed all the rumors, remembered all the insults, and. The king turned his back on them. Of course. Uh, He would not be offered clemency and was now wanted. Yeah. So they just said, no, we're fucking done with you, dude. 
So by 1698, Kidd and his crew were desperate and frantic because they're hearing these, you know, as rumors, I guess. Mm-hmm. When you go off port, they're like, oh, people are looking for you. Or like, oh, yeah, the, the Navy's trying to find your ship or whatever. Right. Um, in February of 1698, they made a very questionable decision to attack a merchant ship off the coast of India. It was a giant ship full of valuable booty including gold, jewels, and silk. Mm. He thought by capturing this ship, it would win over the investors. He could win over the investors with what he had stolen. He's like, look, I really tried. I fucked up, but here's all this stuff. Please don't kill me. Um, unfortunately for Kid, uh, the ship wasn't pirates, and it wasn't French. <laughs> so it was an Armenian ship owned by the Indians country of India, mm-hmm. uh, carrying cargo from Persians and captained by an Englishman. So he fucked oh. up four ways. Hmm. <laughs> Very badly. <laughs> Very badly. So he, yeah, it's fucked up big time. So in April of 1698, they reached Madagascar and found a pirate ship called the Mocha Frigate. Oh, I love that name. Mocha Frigate. That's the name. It's a Mocha Frigate. <laughs> Sounds like a beverage. I love it. Um, and guess who the captain was? Uh oh, good old Culliford, the guy who, who stole, stole his, his first ship, ship. <laughs> who stole the Blessed William. He's like, "Where's my ship, motherfucker?" But obviously, he was not <laughs> driving the Blessed William. He was no. driving the Mocha Fregate. Oh. Um. So Kid rounded up his crew to take the ship, and ninety-seven of his crew deserted him, oh, and joined the Mocha Fregate. Because they're like, dude, you're not, we're not doing anything over here. But the Mocha Fregate. They're doing something. That looks like they're doing so something. So he's like, look, guys, I'm rounding you up. Let's take this ship. And they're like, middle finger. I'm going to go on that Fuck ship. Fuck you, dude. I'm leaving you. Yeah, we're going to join him. So after that, uh, Kid barricaded himself in the captain's quarters of his ship. And by the time all was said and done, they had taken all the shit off the boat. He had stolen all of his stuff. He, like, Literally put, like, shit in front of his door of his captain's quarters and would not come out. How long did that last, I wonder? I don't know. Probably, like, a day. Whatever. Uh, by the time it was all said and done, Kid only had a crew of 13. Oh, he actually retained 13 people? Yes. They must Surprise have felt he really bad any. for him. Um, <laughs> but then they sunk his ship. Mm-hmm. So he had to travel aboard the Adventure Prize. I don't know how he got picked up or somebody felt sorry for him or what happened, but... Or if he was already off the boat when they sunk it, probably. Maybe. Um, so once Kid made it back to the Indies on the Adventure Prize, word had traveled that he was no longer safe from prosecution, mm. and there were orders out for his arrest. He then traveled to New York. On his way there, he is said to have buried some of his treasure at Gardner's Island for safekeeping. Uh, once Kid arrived in New York, his investors completely bailed on him, and he was arrested. Wow. Um, and actually... He never, um, through the whole trial and everything, he never gave up any of the names of his investors. He always kept quiet. Really? Yep. Um, even though they completely didn't help him at all. He's like, it's the king! Right? I mean, yeah, it's not going to help him anyway, really. No. Uh, his treasure, so at some point during the trial... He had mentioned where his treasure was buried. What? Why? Sort of as a bribe. Like, maybe if oh. I tell them where the treasure is buried, they won't kill me. Right. 
Um, but instead they just dug it up and confiscated it. Um, it was worth about 20,000 pounds, which today would be worth almost $3 million. Oh my gosh. Before being extradited to England, Kid was kept in solitary confinement in Stone Prison. So the old stone goal, G-A-O-L. Jail. Yes, goal. Say jail. Yeah, jail. Oh, it said jail? Weird. Um, <laughs> it's not a goal. This <laughs> I know. Gal? It's, it's just called jail. It's oh, just called jail. Okay. Yeah. You're so cute. Um, <laughs> so this is about stone prison. The outer walls of stone were three feet thick, unglazed windows barred with iron, the cells partitioned off with plank, the doors covered with iron spikes, the passageways like the dark valley of the shadow of death. The conditions were really hard on him after sailing the open seas for years, and he suffered a complete nervous breakdown. Oh, I'm sure. Um, they thought for a while that he was too insane to stand trial, but after about a year, he was finally sent to London to be questioned by the parliament. Kid would never say who his investors were and was hoping his silence would mean his friends would save him. Not the case. Oh, they don't care. Everybody shut right the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Um, he was charged with piracy and the murder of his crew member. He was ultimately hanged and left to rot in a gibbet in London. Wow. So what's interesting, because the book has almost transcripts from the trial, mm-hmm. and he, throughout his trial continuously asks for a lawyer he constantly is asking for an attorney and they're like what do you need an attorney for do you not understand the law i'll re-explain it to you and he's like no i need counsel like this is why we have laws now yeah i have paperwork (laughs) that i can show you that shows that this was under the commission of the whatever blah 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 and they're like yeah it doesn't sound to me like you need an attorney oh he was totally railroaded right yeah not that to say that he was a good guy. No, but he didn't get a fair trial. It was not fair. Yeah. Um, so Kid's story is very unique since he insisted until the end that he wasn't a pirate. Although he technically is. Um, and his story shows uh, what a fine line there is between piracy and privateering. Mm-hmm. So fine it almost doesn't exist. I feel like it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And those pulling the strings could change the tide no pun intended, (laughs) at any time for political reasons. Pun intended. (laughs) Um, English writer Harold Thompson summed it up perfectly, saying Kidd was a, quote, man neither very good nor very bad, the fool of fortune and the fool of politicians, sorry, the tool of politicians, a pirate in spite of himself. Mm. His final words, there are two sentences that are noted as his final words i think this first one is the final words of his trial and i think the second one is the final words of his life okay so the first final words are i have nothing to say except that i have been sworn against by perjured and wicked people Mm. um i think his final words in life my lord it is a very hard sentence for my part i am the innocentest person of them all only I have been sworn against by perjured persons. Wow. So that's sad. Also, Kid became famous because of the treasure he buried, mm-hmm. which you talked about earlier today is a super common stereotype of pirates. Um, although he was the only pirate in history that was definitely known to have done this. Really? The only one. So, like, buried treasure is not normally a thing. Nope, just they kept their treasure with them. <laughs> but if you think about it, if any of the others buried their treasure, they would never say so. 
Yeah, he was kind of dumb to say so. Yeah, I think he kind of thought he was going to get something. But yeah, if he's constantly being railroaded and he thought, well, I have this ace in the hole or something. That could maybe get me something. Right. So I don't hang to death and be in a cage floating over time, you know. Wow. The town square rotting. Wow, what an interesting story. That's the story of William Kidd. I love it. He was a he was a bad good guy. It's a fine line between good and evil. All puns were unimplied. Yes. <laughs> Except the, the dick hooter. <laughs> oh, sorry. That wasn't really a pun. That was a good. That was good. I would have never caught that. <laughs> you know, anytime I can be of assistance. <laughs> That was great. Oh I loved gosh. it. So everyone needs to go try this drink. You'll thank us. Oh, yeah. And more pirate stories coming. Absolutely. Someday. Super someday. fun. It won't be next week or probably the next week, but it'll be someday. Yeah. I think I'm on next week. I, I'll have something good for you. Yeah. We'll go back down in, in, into the dregs. <laughs> right? Into the just. Into the dark. Disgust. <laughs> the dark maggoty ground that oh, we like to live in. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Well, don't tell them where to find Oh, us. you can email us at killerspiritspod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you regarding beverages or stories you'd like to hear or liquors you're curious about. We would like to make a drink. We love inspiration. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at killerspiritspod. We are on Patreon at killerspiritspod where we post uh, drink tutorial videos. Also, you can check out our Etsy shop. It's just like shops.etsy.com backslash killer spirits pod um we have some aprons and cups and cool stuff up there they're so cute they're very cute and since this is episode 40 we only have 10 more episodes before i will be releasing the recipe book i'm so excited our cocktail recipe book yeah i think i'm just gonna make it an ebook and make it like a dollar or it's something. gonna be, yeah it's super cheap for you i mean because yeah. honestly you could just gather them yourselves we've given them to you yeah, but, but who wants to do that but it'll be just a fun way for you guys to have everything all in one yes. place good pictures yeah good recipes it'll be fun it'll be super fun so <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening uh, make sure you rate and review yes please and we love you bye, bye.